The news, the views covering your teams. This is the Radio Verulam Local Football Show from St Albans on 92.6 FM. Good evening and once again welcome and thank you for joining us on the local football show here on 92.6 FM and online at Radio Verulam. Another mixed weekend of results for our local teams at the start of this 2001-2022 season. So we have highlights and post-match reactions to share. So tonight we bring you Johnny Shares an update in regard to all our other local football teams, news, views, fixtures and results so far. Highlights and reaction from Ian Allison and Sean Jeffers as the Saints went down 3-2 to Dorking Wanderers away on Saturday. We share another Saints Rewind feature as David Taverner, the Saints historian, and I talk the best and worst starts to a Saints season. We also speak with Nigel Rump, so Sandridge Rovers chairman, including match highlights of the 3-0 win for the Saints B team last Tuesday down at Clarence Park, where we also had Chris Winton join me as my guest co-commentator. And don't forget, this Saturday we'll be live on 92.6 FM from around 2.50pm as the Saints take on Welling United in the National League South fixture at Clarence Park. So let's hope the Saints can pick up their first points of the season. Finally, as always, we have another football theme anthem of the week, so all will be revealed. So let's get cracking and start with Johnny talking us through all our local teams, news, views, fixtures and results so far. And we will see very shortly. Thank you very much, Graham. Of course, we mentioned St Albans lost 3-2 to Dorking Wanderers on Saturday. And we're going to get more reaction from that game a little bit later on. Now, Coney Heath beat Harlow 3-0 in the FA Cup. And yesterday, they were drawn at home against Ware in the first qualifying round of the Emirates FA Cup. And that's going to be played on the weekend of the 4th of September. Now, on Saturday, there was an absolutely fantastic game that took place at Pancake Lane as Harperden travelled to Leverstock Green and beat them 4-3 in an absolute thriller. They were 3-2 down at the very death going into the last 10 minutes, then scored two goals to win that. A great um, a great performance from Harperden, hard luck to Leverstock Green. In the Hart Senior League, Sarmage Rovers went over to Chipperfield Corinthians and beat them 2-1. Belston travelled to Finchley and Wingate and avenged their defeat in the end-of-season cup by winning 4-1 down there. Brilliant result. The St Albans B team, the reserves, had their first defeat, losing 2-0 to Cuffley. And the Coney Heath reserves drew 1-1 with Royston. So um, that's where we actually leave things at this moment in time. Now, what that means league-wise, St Albans, unfortunately, still on zero points and with a goal difference of minus two. Um, So fingers crossed they're going to start to pull out of that. In the Spartan League at this moment in time, Harbenden are top. Yeah, they're top with seven points, having played three games, two wins and a draw. Leverstock Green in second place. 
And London Colney are in 13th place there. So um, our team's looking pretty good at this moment in time in the Spartan League. Now, moving things on, looking at the league table for the Hearts Senior League. Again, what <laughs> I need to take a screenshot of this. Belston are in first place, St Albans Reserves in second place, and Sarmridge Rovers in third place. The three teams that we focus on, well, actually, I tell a lie, because we focus also on Coney Heath Reserves. Coney Heath Reserves are a fifth. They're fifth. So the four teams that we focus on are in the top five, which is absolutely brilliant. Now, looking ahead towards this weekend, of course, St Albans City, are going to be playing against Welling at Clarence Park, and you can get live commentary of that game right here on 92.6 FM. And Simon Martin is going to be alongside Graham, St Albans City legend Simon Martin, alongside Graham for co-commentary this Saturday. Now, Harper Dunner at home versus Aylesbury Vale Dynamos. Leverstock Green are at home versus Dunstable. London Colney are playing at Risborough Rangers, also at home, London Colney. Um, St Albans Reserves travel over to Chipperfield and Coney Heath Reserves are at home to Cock Fosters. Belston at home versus Harefield United and Sarmridge Rovers travel down to Wingate and Finchley. They're all on Saturday. Oh, but we should mention that tomorrow night Coney Heath Reserves are at home and they're playing against Cuffley. Yep, 7.45 kickoff down there at the Recreation Ground. And Belston are on the road tonight. They're playing Glen Sports tonight. So they're in the Hearts uh, Senior League. So they're all your fixtures, your results and your league positions. Graham, back to you. Thanks, Johnny. So not a good start for the Saints. Two games so far in the National League South and both losses home and away. But the Saints are back in action this Saturday against Welling United down at Clarence Park and Radio Verulam will be there taking you through from around 2.50pm on 92.6 as well as online. But let's hear some reaction from Ian Allison and Sean Jeffers uh, from Saturday's defeat, 3-2 defeat to Dorking Wanderers. Um, and let's see what they've got to share in regard to that result. Ian, another game, another loss with a late goal. How are you feeling? Um, it's a precise moment, feeling a little bit, um, a little bit, a little bit low, really. But you know, it's the manner of, of the defeat again. I just felt we, we just didn't manage the game very well at times today. The the players are putting it outstanding, unbelievable. Um, we've missed some big chances today, especially in the second half, at, at two-one up. Um, and even when they equalised, went to all. We had two really big chances after that to put the game to bed again. And just lacking a little bit of composure in certain areas, and that's probably what's cost us in the end. And uh, obviously they're very highly picked by a lot of people to be favourites for going up, but it seemed like you put them under a lot of pressure at the back with your high press. You, is there things positive you can take from the game in that well, there's, lo- there's loads of positives, um, well, in terms of where we are, massive po- positives. But you're talking to me 20 minutes after we've just conceded two late goals. Um, so in terms of where I feel at the moment, I feel a little bit, a little bit low because obviously I feel sorry for the players because they've put a tremendous amount of effort in. It was a really tough game as we expected it would be. You know, they're a good side, they've got good players. Um, but you know, we've we've worked to our game plan really well at times. Yeah, but they're gonna get good possession. Um, they're gonna cause us some areas. Um, but I just felt in, in in the possession that we had, we gave the ball away too quickly, um, too cheaply, and a little bit more composure on the ball and a little bit more awareness of other people around them. I think we could have gone on and won the game and, and, and at 2-1 their goalkeeper's got a toe in to one from Shaw and if that goes in with 15 minutes to go probably been the end of the game they they ride their luck they get away with it um, they go up the other end and, and get a cheap goal for me it was a poor goal 
Um, but then Romeo's had two unbelievable chances to go and, and put his 3-2 back up, and he's not hit the target. They're all the things, we, you know, he's a young player. They're the things we've got to go and work on, and we've got to go and work hard in training and keep working on them areas that when he gets that opportunity again, he puts it in the bottom corner or he puts it across the goalkeeper. But, you know, they're the things we've got to keep working on. And obviously we knew coming into the season these two opening games were going to be tough, Dartford and Dorking. Is it looking like it might be a bit of relief going into the Welling game as in slightly easier than two of the favourites to go up? No, no, not at all. I just don't think we'll, we'll ever underestimate any team we play in this league because it's a, it's a tough league, as I've said to you, and if you're not quite on your game, whoever you play, then you'll, you'll get turned over. And you know We've got to go and train hard now, Tuesdays and Thursdays, make sure we plan correctly, work on some of the deficiencies we've had today um, and there was a number of deficiencies in terms of our ball retention in terms of having a bit of calm on the on the ball when we want it back we speak a lot about what we do when we bring win, win the ball back and we, we haven't really done it for the two games and we've got to keep working hard on that um, but no the uh, as I say we'll, we'll go into it the same way as we've done we'll prepare properly um, but we've just got to make sure we stop conceding goals at the moment we're conceding too many goals and, and the goals we're conceding are, are too simple, really, in terms of teams opening us up too quickly. And we've got to go and work on all that side of it. Thank you. Thanks, Will. You are listening to the Radio Verulam Local Football Show. Sean, disappointing result, but that's football. How are you feeling? Yeah, it was, like you said, it was disappointing to come away with no points from that. And, uh, it was, uh, obviously, we've started off one nil down, but we got back into the game well. 2-1 with not long left I think um, yeah it's hit, it's, hit, it's hit us hard but we've got to, we've got to go again we've got another game thick and fast so we've got to take, take the positives and work on the negatives from the game and go again next week and obviously positive for you for a personal point of view you've opened your account for the season with two goals is that a big boost for you? yeah I mean obviously it's good to get off the mark but um, yeah like it's probably very bittersweet because we came away with no points and main objective is to, to help the team win and come away with three points here. So, um, yeah, like I said, we've got, we've got to go again, try and get off the mark with the points. And, um, yeah, no, definitely we knew these, the first two games were going to be tough games going into the season. But, um, yeah, we're just looking forward to the next game. And it looked like it was a bit fire out there for most of the game, quite a few yellow cards dished out. Is that just the fact that it's the two sides battling so hard for their first three points of the season? Yeah, I think so. And I think um, off the back of last season as well, um, it, was the top, it was the teams that were battling at the top there. So um, we knew, like I said, we knew it was going to be a tough game today. We knew our first two games were going to be tough. But um, yeah, we fully believed that we could um, get something out of both games. But unfortunately, we haven't. So yeah, we've got to move on and um, try and get three points next game. And as always, great insight from Ian Allison and Sean Jeffers. Thanks for sharing obviously after a defeat down at Dorking Wanderers. So hopefully more will come for the Saints. Obviously, they've had a slow start, but this Saturday they're back in action down at Clarence Park uh, against Welling United. And Radio Verulam will be there all the way from 2.50pm, 92.6 FM and online. So stay with us. We're just going to go for some short messages and we'll be back very shortly where we do a Saints Rewind. And David uh, Tavner and I... So the Saints historian discuss all starts for the Saints, good and bad. Stay with us. We'll be back very shortly. From St. Albans on 92.6 FM and online around the world, you are listening to the Radio Verulam local football show. So we've got another Saints rewind for you here on Radio Verulam's local football show. 
And who else better to drag in and take us through this than our very own uh, David Tavner, who is the Saints Club historian. So what we're going to do this evening, this time, rather than looking at a season or any managers and such, we've decided to look at some good, bad season openers for the Saints over a duration that sticks out for Dave. And we're also going to look at some memorable moments of players, good or bad, in them good or bad moments, starts for the Saints. So um, we know last week the opener for the Saints, it was a 3-1 loss to Dartford. They scored two goals in injury time, which um, was a bit unfortunate for the Saints. So um, we'll see how that progresses on the next home game. So, Dave, welcome back to the show for another Saints Rewind. How are you? Looking forward to this one. Uh, good evening, Graham. It's good to see you again. Yes, this is uh, going to be a bit different, this one. Hopefully, we're not going to just batter people with stats. We'll try and make it a bit more interesting than that. I love your stats, Dave. That's what keeps me going. It's interesting, right? Blimey, your life is worse than mine, Graham. <laughs> exactly. Stats held to a point. So, let's make a start then, Dave. What are you going to kick us off with regarding um, good or bad and good or bad players' uh, stats for the Saints over a duration? Well, it's interesting. Isn't it? Is the start of the season just the opening game or is it an opening run of games? Um, it should really be a run of games because in one game, you can't really pick up a picture of what's going from that. So it'd be a bit of both uh, in this. But we start with the Saturday before last City's opener against uh, Dartford. Um, it was a bit unfortunate. as two late goals condemning us to defeat after we'd done quite well in the second half. It was the first time we'd lost on the opening day for seven years. Um, right, okay. Yes. Ian Anson's not got a bad start, a bad record at the start of seasons. Uh, in fact, he's made two very good starts indeed. Of course, this season follows on from last year, which was curtailed after 15 games. And last year was the first time in 99 years we've gone, well, I think the opening 11 games without defeat. So wow. this year was always going to be struggling to live up to that. Um, so Ian's got that good start from last year. And then he's got another very good record as well. Um, in 2017-18, he had six straight wins. Uh, unfortunately, we blew out at the end of the season and missed the playoffs. Of course, really, we're talking about starts. Um, it's where you finish at the end of the season, Graham, isn't it? That's what it's all about. Yeah. Which would suggest, though, Dave, and you'll know this, it would suggest with the squad size and how intense that league is, you know, does if you start so strong and then you, you peter off, potentially with the injuries, right? And squad sizes and such. Yes, it almost certainly does. Uh, and the squad size is something which uh, several people have mentioned this season. That's going to be an interesting one, that one. But Ian's run of six straight wins. It's not even our best run, actually, at the start of the season. In the 21st century, back in the 2002-03 season, when we had joint managers in Graham Roberts and Steve Cook, uh, we won the opening seven games. Uh, and we still blew out on promotion then as well, so I don't know why we bother. Um, <laughs> that was back in the Ishmael League days, and two years after that, uh, we were playing in uh, Conference South. Funny enough, uh, Conference South, we got promoted in the National League, into the National League at the end of a 2005-06 season. That season kicked off with two defeats. So don't get too disheartened by the start of this season. Um, that may be something to, a good pointer for the future. You're right. And just quickly on that Dartford game, I interviewed Ian at the end and um, he he felt the last five or six minutes of that game that the Saints were pushing strong to get the winner. And he, he said he was very positive in his, his substitutions to try and get that winner. Now, unfortunately, 
the Saints contributed to them two late Dartford goals by having possession and losing the ball, right? So, so it's not as if the Saints really played badly against Dartford. They didn't. It was evenly matched, right? Isn't that generally how you let goals in? You lose possession and the other team get it? <laughs> well, yeah, true. But, you know, certain players who came onto the pitch, mentioning no name, should have, uh, should have been aware of that danger. Don't lose the ball <laughs> 30 yards out. Right. Our, our best ever start to a season, Graham. Um, it's probably just before our time, 1909-10. Uh, City were playing in the Hearts County League and Spartan League. The first team were in both leagues. And we won the opening 17 games. Wow. Um, which is a run which, are we ever likely to beat it, do you think? Oh, I'm not so sure. Not, not in this National League self. It's so competitive, isn't it? Uh, it is. Uh, nowadays, um, you're unlikely to get a run like that. Mind you see some of the money which the clubs chuck around. They're aiming for it. I don't think they're going to achieve it. But uh, right. there we go. Um, do you want to have a look at some big wins? Please. We don't have many nowadays, funny enough. You've got to go all the way back to 92-93 to the last time we had a really big win. It was 5-0 we won, away to Dulwich Hamlet. It was played at Hayes Lane, home of Bromley, because the new champion Hill wasn't yet ready. And uh, five now, when we ended up the season as Ishmael League runners-up, uh, I think we we're unbeaten the first seven games of the season. So that certainly counted as a good start. Uh, the opening day, hat-trick for Steve Clark and two goals for Dean Williams. And we followed it up with a 2-2 draw at Hendon. And did we have the legendary Kevin Mudd playing for us then? We did. We spoke about this uh, season uh, earlier on, a few months ago, with Kevin on uh, Radio Verulam, of course. Yeah, he's a legend, isn't he? We'll hope to have uh, Kevin back again. So that's a good opener, Dave. Any others like that? You go back uh, to 1967-68, Maidstone United, of course, in our league now again, uh, beat them 7-0 down at Clarence Park. Uh, John Butterfield got a hat-trick that day. And you think, hello, we're on our way. Next game, 2-0 defeat at Oxford City. (laughs) Very up and down, exactly. Yeah, not the best. And well, it happened again, 1927-28, Graham. Um, wow. 8-0 win over Oxford City. Funny enough, um, not the only time we've beaten Oxford 8-0. Uh, Roy Bethel got three. Billy Minter got two. And the next game, a 4-1 defeat at Clapton. Oh, it's interesting, isn't it? Maybe when you have them high scores, maybe too much confidence. And then yeah. the next game you get carried away. Or the other team pick up their performance to make yeah. sure that you don't get another drubbing. Do you want some big defeats? I was just going to say that now. So we've had some good defeat, uh, good uh, wins, opening wins there. Let's balance this. Share us a few uh, defeats then before we try. And I no doubt, Dave, you're going to tell us what does, what's the aggregate on this. In other words, have we had more big openers or, or less? What's your defeat so far? Uh, it's probably going against us, I would say, oh. the number of big defeats. Yeah, not much in it because overall, I think we've won... 41 times on the opening day of the season and lost 40. Wow. So, so there's only one in it. 50, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Um, but the last time we had a heavy defeat on the opening day of the season was 78-79, away to Walton and Hersham, a 5-0 defeat at Stompond Lane. Now, there were a lot of mitigating circumstances here. Bob, Bob Murphy quit as manager at the end of a previous season. In the summer, Dennis Gibbs, Nigel Gibbs' father, Oh, uh, he yeah. said, I'll be manager. Came over from Hemel Hempstead, took the job for a week, four players at training. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
So he jacked it in, understandably. So he turned to Maurice Walby, and in very little time, he just cobbled the side together to get us through the opening weeks of the season. And uh, we ended up season bottom but one. Wow, um, okay. But we can beat that. Five nil is nothing. <laughs> Go on, what else have you got? 33-34 and 34-35. We lost 7-1. 7-1 at Kingstonian and then 7-1 at home to Clapton. So, you know, a bit of consistency. You can't ask for more than that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, keep going. What else you got? That's not the worst. The worst one, first year after the war, uh, Second World War, that is, Walthamstow Avenue uh, away. So that was uh, Green Pond Lane or Green Pond Road, whatever it was. Um, eight nil defeat. How about that? Kicking off with an eight nil defeat. Wow. Is that our worst opening uh, day defeat? That is, but we did follow it with a 3 3 draw at home to Ilford. Right. And But how's this for a run of results? So 58 59. Hmm. Picked off with a 5 0 defeat, home to Clapton. Go to Wickham Wanderers, lose oh. 8 0. Come back down to Clarence Park, Walthamstow Avenue, let in another 5, 5 4. Then go away to Oxford City, let in three more, lose 3 2. Oh. Defence might need looking at. Absolutely. You look at that and it's, uh, they're quite big numbers, aren't they? And you're right. And if I think back to. Uh, the opening Saturday this season, there was a two couple of teams that actually scored five goals, weren't they? I think it was 5-0 and a 5-1-er. I think it was um, Ebbsfleet won 5-0 or 5-1, and I think it was Haventon Waterloo-Louisville won right. 5-0. Ebbsfleet beat Tunbridge Angels 5-1. 5-1, perfect. Stonebridge yeah. Road, and Hampton and Richmond Borough won 5-0 away to Eastbourne, Eastbourne Borough. So that's interesting, isn't it? Similar to the Saints, them opening fixtures. So right up until this day, even we're going back to the Saints over them decades, we're still getting some thrashings, aren't we? Yes, hopefully they're not coming our way. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not. Obviously we're, we're a minus two at the moment after the Dartford game. But um, going well, forward then, you're suggesting that actually if we have a defeat on the first game of the season, we're likely to pick up our first win immediately after. It. Seems like that. Don't read too much into the opening day, basically. But um, you say about minus two. Uh, go back to the 1982-83 season. Uh, the opening game, we were at home to Walton and Hersham. And we lost 2-0. And it was the season they brought in the four-step rule for goalkeepers. Oh, yeah. You're not allowed to hold the ball for... Um, more than four steps. You got to get was, rid of. Was you that, might, was that might 1982? Remember. I thought that was early 90s. No, no, no. Before that, you had the Italian goalkeeper uh, Dino Zoff. Yeah, he took his dog for a walk. He had so many steps. <laughs> um, but we lost two 0 at home to Bolton. They had two players sent off. One was for a so-called professional foul, uh, which also came in that season. Um, but our goalkeeper, I've got it written down here somewhere. I can't see him. Uh, Gary Turner. He was in goal. He got done for the four-step rule. Oh. He got pulled up for it. He got pulled up twice. And from the second one is when Walton got one of their two goals. Uh, oh. So it was costly. But also our reserves played that day. They were away to Oxford City. And our reserve keeper also got done for the four-step really? rule. But the thing is, <laughs> Graham, the goalkeeper for the reserves was Mark Halsey, who went on to become a somewhat yes. famous referee, referee in the Premier League. And one hopes by then he had learnt the laws of the game. <laughs> That is fantastic. I never knew that. So he was, was he, was he just the number two goalkeeper for the Saints at the time? Or was he 
just just the reserves keeper and that was it. No, he did come into the first team. Um, oh, if, if memory serves me, I think he played made just eight appearances for the first team. And the 82 83 was a disaster for us. We got relegated oh. at the end of the season. It was a season when we also had a goalkeeper sent off <laughs> for the first time in our history. Right, right. Okay. So we've, we've had a look at some really positive opening uh, games for the Saints there, Dave. Quite a few. And thanks for sharing. And also, we've looked at some devastating defeats on the opening game of the season. I know you've got a few insights on some good and bad examples of players on the first game of the season. How would you like to start that one off? Well, I think the bad day has surely got to be um, that game against Walton and Hersham, the one we just spoke about. You're not going to get much worse day than that for players getting picked up on the new rule. Us, our players and their players both falling foul of it. Uh, better days for players. Uh, you've got Tommy Knott back in, I think it was our second season. He scored our first hat-trick on the opening day of the season. 1928 with Bethel, he got a hat-trick. Moving forward to 1967, that match against Maidstone, John Butterfield, prolific goal scorer for the Saints, 170 goals in 340 games, something like that. Wow. And um, the most recent hat-trick was won by Steve Clark against Dulwich Hamlet in 1992. But they've all been topped by one player who scored four times on the opening day. That's Barry Butterfield, no relation to John. Uh, Barry Butterfield smacked him four as we uh, put four past um, Dulwich Hamlet at Champion Hill off the top of my head, 1965. 1965. Wow, so there's been quite a few opening day hat-tricks for Saints players, but that tops it. Four goals on your opening day. I mean, not many footballers at any level can do that, right? It doesn't happen often, does it? Um, no. <laughs> and what about, Dave? Does any players stand out debutants having a good game or a bad game on the opening day through your experience? Do you know, I've got a feeling that Barry Butterfield one was his debut. Right. Um, off top of so you're not going to beat that one. Mm-hmm. Um, you get good players like Nigel Johnson. He scored on his hat trick, but oh, on his hat trick, he scored a hat trick on his debut. But that was in mid season. That was in November. To do it on the opening day when mm-hmm. you're wondering whether it's all going to click or not, that's a, quite a rarity. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we can see for the Dartford game this season, we had a few Saints players making their. Uh, debut, so we had the youngster Hugh Dawson in central midfield and uh, Callum Adebay central defence. Just briefly, Dave, how do you feel them, them two performed? I felt in the first half um, Hugh Dawson, he was up against a very, very good side. Uh, no, Make no mistake about it, Dartford are going to be up there challenging. Um, they've spent big, along with Dorking Wanderers and Haven and Waterlooville and it was a tough match for a kid 17-year-old to make his debut. And I thought, he used the ball sensibly at times, played a short pass, but physically, I think he struggled to stand up to them. That said, in the sec- early in the second half, he got in two really strong tackles. Um, he-, he grew in confidence. I think Ian was right to take him off and uh, get a bit more experience out there later on. Um, but it's, it's the game he's going to learn from. And the centre-half added by... We, we did all right at the back and until the closing minutes, but I think as Ian probably said to you there, we were trying to push on and maybe got caught. Mm. Um, that defensive lineup is it's going to take a bit of working on. Mm. Mm. Great point. And another debutant for the Saints, Johnny Goodard came on. 
He played in that number 10 attacking midfield road, uh, role. Took him a while to get into the game. Exactly why, from what you're saying, which is it was a very physical, uh, direct game. But he did have a few good... He showed glimpses of something good to come, right? I thought Dartford had speed about them, uh, which I felt we lacked that in midfield, which allowed them to get the upper hand in there. And when Johnny Goddard came on, he ran at their defence. He pushed it past, pushed the ball past the defender, almost like an old winger. It's great to see. And then went to get the ball. And he was very promising. And it's very hard uh, to see if, that he would be on the bench again for our next game. You'd imagine he'd be starting. I forgot, Graham, actually. When I was turning 8 to 83, that bad start with a full step rule and everything, what I was coming on to, um, we had a player called Denny Tyler who signed from Letchworth. And he made his debut that day. But it turns out Letchworth hadn't released him. So we played an ineligible player. Ah. And we had two points deducted. So we lost the first four games. And so after four games, we were sitting bottom of the table. Minus two. Minus two points. <laughs> you got it. Oh, can you believe it? The whole sort of administration of the game and how this registration thing works. And then obviously that's just a kick, isn't it? If you get something where you've just lost your opening four. Yeah. Um, and we were never, never recovered. We proudly sat bottom of the table right through to the end of the season. Oh, shocking. <laughs> so any more good, bad and the ugly, Dave, from uh, opening day games that you've seen for the Saints? You've got them all, really. You've got our biggest wins there. You've got our biggest defeats. You've got our longest unbeaten runs. You've got our longest winning runs. Uh, the four straight defeats is the worst run. We've done it three times. Um Hopefully this season is not going to be the fourth time. Um, <laughs> so you've got pretty much everything there, Graham. Well, moving forward for the Saints first team, obviously um, they're, they're away next, and then obviously the next home game is going to be Welling. You could argue the next two games for the Saints are winnable. Very, not comfortable, but but winnable. Yes, definitely. Um, Welling United uh, is one game you would fancy, uh, they got off with a 3-0 defeat at Haven and Waterloo on the opening day. Oh. Um, you don't think they're going to be changing. They were very much struggling in the shortened season last year. Looking at their season, signing so far, um, I don't think they're going to set the world alight. Oh. So you've got to fancy us then. And after that, uh, you're going to tell me what it is, aren't you? Is, is it Tunbridge Angels? I think you're right. I think it's a way to Tunbridge. I'm not 100% sure. It is, sure. on uh, Bank Holiday Monday. Right. Um, that's another one you've got to be looking to win. Certainly not to lose down there. Um, we kickstart our win. If we get six points on those two, that'd be terrific. As, as we spoke earlier, they got off to a, a pretty dismal start with a thrashing. Yeah, I know. It's interesting, isn't it? So them games, you think that the Saints are really going to be up for this because obviously losing out to Dartford and... Uh, it was very close with that, but as we know, just finally to wrap up then, Dave, prediction for the Saints this season. Where do you see it going? Well, I don't like predictions. You don't, do you? But I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, right. Maybe, well, well but shall we say, I'll give you three options. Top six, mid-table or relegation battle? I don't see us being in a relegation battle, but you might need to strengthen the squad. Um, I don't think we're going to make the challenge that we did last year. We'll get top six, maybe six to ten, six yeah. to twelve. Yeah, good six call. Six to fourteen, six to sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> 
it depends on them youngsters coming through, doesn't it? And being given these minutes now, because obviously this is potentially uh, quite a good thing to get more youngsters in there. And it depends on, you know, are these players like Akinola? We really didn't see much of him last season. This season, he's, you know, he's been on fire preseason, and he and he had spells of great play uh, against their fullback against Dartford. But um, who knows? We'll have to wait and see. We've got Liam Sol as well. Uh, we've got Johnny Goodard, and uh, we'll have to wait and see how that develops. You mentioned the young players there, Graham. Um, go back to 83-84, when John Mitchell and John Butterfield were in charge, where it's pretty much Mitch running the show. He turned to local football. We, we spoke about this with Steve Oliver. Brought in the local players, but they weren't 17, 18 years old. They got a bit more experience, although it was only local. And we were, what, two, three divisions lower than we are now. So it, it's it wasn't such a big step up for them for that first season. This, for teenagers coming into it from an academy side, is a big jump where we are now. And if you're putting in two at a time, you are taking a risk. There's no two ways about it. It's going to be a case of uh, bleeding them in gently. Absolutely. It's tough. One player I want to point out, I don't know if you've seen him, just quickly, is Liam uh, Gaultier. He was at Sandwich Rovers, number one goalkeeper last season. And uh, Johnny and I saw him this season in pre-season. He had some minutes for the Saints. He's a very, very good young goalkeeper up and coming. So not sure the contractual status on that one uh, and if he's going to be playing for the Saints against Sandridge uh, Tuesday uh, for the B team. And um, we'll have to wait and see how that one develops. But he's quite a tidy goalkeeper. So maybe the Saints are going back to that that aspect of uh, blood and youngsters from, from the local scene. Well, his uncle played for us in 83-84, played for the reserves. Oh, there you go. History repeating itself, Dave. You're on to something. <laughs> you never know, Graham. Let's hope so. Well, listen, thanks again for your research, your time. That's another Saints Rewind here on Radio Verulam's local football show. Dave, always a pleasure, and we look forward to doing another one soon. Yeah, we will do. Take care, Graham. Find us on social media as RV Football and on 92.6 FM from St Albans. This is the voice of local football. Thanks to David Tavner there, Saints historian, for giving us another wonderful Saints Rewind and some fantastic insight of the Saints best and worst starts over the years. Now, moving on, last Tuesday down at Clarence Park, we had Sandridge Rovers, another of our local teams, take on the newly formed St Albans City B team. And Sandridge played really, really well, but unfortunately they went down 3-0. But we've also built a rapport with Nigel Rump, who's Sandridge Rovers chairperson, chairman, and and, uh, Nigel managed to catch up with Johnny Seabrook, and we also have some highlights of that game. You are listening to the Radio Verulam Local Football Show. We did say we might have a special guest in the second half, and we're delighted to announce that we've got Chris Winton, first-team coach, assistant manager for the first team at at St. Albans City. He's going to speak with us for the next 25 minutes or so, and then we're going to swap over to Steve, one of the first-team coaches, um, so welcome, Chris. How are you keeping? Oh, thanks for having me on. It's a, a real privilege to come and come and take with uh, uh, for, for the B, t- B team and meet you guys tonight. Yeah, so not bad, thank you. Yeah, just got back from training, so we've had uh, quite a heavy session, and yeah, I uh, can sit down and watch the second half. Fantastic, nice, Chris. And uh, you've been training with the first team tonight, and you've just arrived. So a pleasure to have you with us. We've been trying to get you on Radio Verulam for a long time, but we appreciate oh. you're a busy guy, and uh, yeah, just delighted to have you with us so far. Thanks for having us. 
you're welcome so so far so good um, still nil nil but we're going to see if this is going to pan out to be an interesting uh, scenario Johnny mentioned in the first half that Sandridge might tire and the Saints boys are looking very very fit and uh, one of the players that stood out for me in the first half Chris was uh, George Morrell and uh, you know a little bit about him yeah so um, with my full time role I'm a, a, college, a full time college coach at Stevens Football Club and George is on our programme and he's been on for the last year or so and he was someone that uh, I thought that the club might be interested in looking at during pre-season and he's come in and done really really well in sessions with the first team he's, he looks sharp and he's actually, he looks one of the fittest as well so um, yeah I think it'd be interesting to see how he develops under the, uh, the, the kind of um, work with, with, with Dean and John and, and, and Ian and so on and so forth so yeah, he looks bright. He does, yeah. He looks like he's got a future in the game if he continues that coaching. So this is Kieran Gauthier at the back. He plays it back to his brother, Liam, who's in goals for the Saints. And he plays it high and wide. He just looks for, uh, I think it's Cousins on the far side. And then comes back to Alex Langshire, who's playing a left fullback. David Dejus in central uh, defence as we speak. It comes all the way back to Johnny Goodad. He plays high and long in for Sam Mix. He beats the offside trap and he comes down the left. He does cross. High ball. He's looking for Johnson and he's cleared there by Sandridge. And Michael Williams just hoofs that ball out. Throw in. Nice attack, Chris. That was a great attack. I think the movement to get off the, off the, uh, off the shoulder of the centre half was superb. And if that ball comes in with a little bit more quality across the front, I think that might, would have been a goal. I could see Lorenzo Johnson's coming in across the near post. So now unlucky. Not a bad start. Um, Lorenzo Johnson, I've seen his name a few times. Has he been quite close to joining the first team or is he still in his development stage? Yeah, so he's still in that development stage but he's had a few games during pre-season so I had him at Bedford with me when we had that game and he's played against Watford and a few others and um, he's not disappointed. He's done really well. There's still a lot to learn, I think. I think these, for these young boys they've got to learn the dark arts of, of men's football and they'll certainly um, learn that under, under us here. But, um, but no, no, he's not far away, I don't think. Excellent, the high ball there from, uh, I think it was Williams, into CB, who just gathers the ball into the attacking fullback for Sandridge. It's cut out there by Alex Langshire, who comes all the way across to Cousins. Cousins on the ball, is nice, tidy ball to that man, Lorenzo Johnson, we were just talking about. He tries to play it down the line, it's intercepted, he gets it again. He's trying to get into Sam Meeks, but Sean Murphy just heads that clear, and he comes all the way into Sandridge central midfield in Steve Howes. He gets it to CB. CB's trying to get um, the substitution from the first half in pass. Paolo Montella, you've got definitely um, a lot of education for some of these players here, but you had quite a few of them come on against the Watford under-20 or the Watford 11 team, didn't oh, you? Yeah. And I was quite impressed to see how Ian started off with quite a lot of these youngsters. It, was, it wasn't even your strongest team. You yeah. ended up winning 2-1 and you're up against the likes of Will Hughes. Yeah, I know. It was such a lovely moment during the game just to take stock and look at, because we had about 600 in here. And yeah. by the end of the game, there was about, I think there was nine under seven, under 18s on the pitch. Yeah. And um, you're kind of thinking, OK, this could probably turn. But that wasn't the case at all. The, the, the boys stood up and against players like Will Hughes yeah. and Navarro. And it was, it was fantastic. It shows what, what they can really do. And yeah, no, really proud of them. And all the, all the staff are. So, yeah. And so this is your second full season, is that right, at the Sids? Yeah, so I joined in November 2019. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, so that's my second full season, I would say. And how do you feel it's developing and progressing from a coaching point of view? Is it, is it, is it where you want it to be at this stage? I know you still want, obviously want to get a little bit further, but yeah. is this where you want to be? Um, I just think um, I'm 35 and I'm, st- I'm still learning. and Being around Ian has been a fantastic um, experience for me. And I'm, I stepped up from the, the, the level below, so I'm happy just to keep learning my trade here, trying to keep be- get better. And usually when you put the hours and the minutes in, I'm quite keen to do that, that hopefully something will bear fruit very soon. But here we go. It's, 
Boys and girls, oh. fantastic! And whilst Chris was speaking there, we had we had Sam Meeks down the far side. He played it back from the byline, and it came all the way into Cousins. And Cousins just slotted it into the bottom uh, left hand side of the net, and and that is one nil to St Albans City B team. And and that's what we were saying, weren't we, Chris? These little patterns of play and how they were just brought each other in there. I actually thought that he. He lost himself there a little bit, Sam Meeks, but he managed to get himself because Sean Murphy went to ground to block the ball. He was in the box. He managed to keep control of the ball and he brought it, pulled it back. Cousins, a wow, composure. Slotted that, lovely. Absolutely. It was real fine work from Sam. He's worked really hard on that and like I said, got away from him, but he soon recovered. And then what I noticed was Lewis's little movement just to move backwards rather than go forwards. Um, And he had to make the defender make a choice and receive the ball and finish really, really, really calmly into the bottom corner. So. cleared there by David Deju this is CB he's trying to collect the ball deep in the Saints half and he's just gone out there for a corner ball so he's uh, very well defended and CB will want to score tonight he's, he's a tidy tidy striker and uh, I believe he had some time at Harpington Town as well previous oh, okay. so uh, to what you say oh it's a ball in and there, there he goes Sandridge have had a block by David Deju and uh, that was that man CB he got his head to it he beat Liam Goldtier but it was just cleared off the line we couldn't quite see by whom Oh, and that's it, Chris. It's full time down here at Clarence Park, and uh, says B team have beat Sandridge Rovers three goals to nil. One goal from Cousins, two from Sam Meeks. The news, the views covering your teams. I've caught up with Nigel Rump, the chairman of Sandridge Rovers, just after the game. How was that experience, Nigel? Uh, quite interesting, actually. A good young side for Norwood City. Um, I thought we'd done fairly well first half. Second half, fitness, I think, just was the main part of the game. And they just pushed it a little bit quicker than we could. Yeah. Uh, be interesting to see when it gets a little bit heavier on some of the bit more bobblier pitches with a slope. Be entertaining to see him back down at the ridge. Yeah, and it was interesting because in goal, of course, for St Albans was Liam Gautier, and we saw yes. him playing for you yeah, last yeah, season. Yeah, sure we did. And, and he decided to go and play with his dad, go with his dad. We wish him all the best and that sort of thing. No, I wish him all the best. Um, and we've got a few good new signings. We're going to be losing a lot of the lads, um, particularly at the university, oh, right. which is always quite, quite strange because, yeah. as one of our ex managers always said, um, when did they put brains in footballers? <laughs> and it was one of those things yeah, that you always yeah. think anyone goes off to. Um, yeah. That goes off to university. Yeah. But, but so there's a lot of work being done with the squad. Yeah, we, we, squad. we're still trying to, get, trying to get a few players here, there, and everywhere. But it's always very, very difficult, you know. Yeah. So and a good win on Saturday. As good well, win on Saturday. Yeah, we're at Chipperfield on this Saturday, so that's always that'll be another. Oh, so that's a funny old pitch. Funny old pitch. Yeah. Again, that'll be one of those that. Um, the stock market is out yes, here. It yes, looks indeed. Absolutely super. They've yeah. done a great job down here. And, now, uh, I was going to ask. Have Sandridge played? They must have played here before, have they? In the past? Uh, well, we I I actually played in 1972 in the Plainfields Cup final down here oh, right. with uh, the dear old Ron Henry that used to play for Tottenham. Yeah, and it was about here where I turned and went past him, knocked it down. At well played, son. <laughs> I thought oh, that's marvellous. Thanks ever so much. And then five minutes later, I was sitting on my backside, and he said, "Well, just don't take the." <laughs> Fair enough, and I didn't. And you're yeah. thinking, good yeah. and we lost one nil. He scored in the first minute. Yeah, but um, um, as I say, so it's not the first time then that the Rovers have been down here. No, but, no, no, um, no. no, no. no it's, we, again, 
We didn't win on that day. We didn't win on, yeah, we have been down there a couple of and times. And you know what, a good turnout tonight. For good turnout, a, very good turnout. Yeah, yeah. 196 yeah. plus everyone else. You know, I would think there was at least 240, 250 here, which is great. And I think it you know, helps St Albans, I hope, with a yeah. reserve league. I mean, yeah. it helps. Oh, and you know, yourself as well. I yeah, think it's a good advert for people to get down to the recreation ground. Yeah, that's once. right. And, 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 and playing good football. Yeah. That's where, I mean, I don't think, I mean, there wasn't a booking in the game. And to be honest, I don't think there was a foul worthy of it, no, to be honest. I, I can't I thought think of it just, I think everybody just wanted to get down and play football. Yeah. And Listen, credit. Nigel, credit, it's yeah. always good to see you. We're going yes. to come back down to um, the recreation ground at some yes. point this season. No problem at all. Looking we always made welcome. Cheers. Thank, right. thank you ever so and much. And anyone else. Well, once again, we've come to the end of another local football show here on 92.6 FM. We hope you've enjoyed the show, but rest assured we'll be back again next Tuesday from 7pm. And if you'd like to get in touch with the show, check us out on social media as RV Football. We'd be delighted to get your thoughts and input. Until next week, keep safe and well.